0: Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, HOLO is here to help. HOLO is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God Dot app slash breadbox. Judy Hare was a bankrupt, homeless, drug-addicted college dropout on the brink of divorce, but is now a seminary graduate and devoted wife and mother of four children. What happened? Find out in her autobiography, Shattered, How God Restored My Heart and Life. Her journey of faith has been called Brutally Honest, Truly Inspiring, Profound, Heartbreaking, and Life Changing. Shattered is available now for only $15 on her website, judyhair.com, on Amazon.com, or at your local Catholic bookstore. As Judy says, it is never too late to become the person you deserve and desire to be. So stop wishing for change. And start doing something about it by reserving your copy of Shattered Today. Welcome to Journey with Judy, a weekly podcast filled with faith infused inspiration, information, and an opportunity for implementation. Now, here is speaker, coach, author, and host, Judy Hare.
1: Hello, welcome. You are journeying with Judy. On Journey with Judy is 2020. I just got to remind us all that it is the year of 2020 and the Lord is bringing such clarity personally, professionally, relationally, spiritually, morally. He is going to help each and every one of us see more clearly with greater clarity as to who we are, as to who he is, what he has done, and what we are yet to become. And so I am so excited to join you this evening and talk about this topic that we talk about a lot, and it seems to be a sticking point. So more than ever. uh, I have never been more certain and more convinced that this this F word is the thing that holds us back. Um, It keeps us stuck. So here's the deal. I am not a girl with a formal degree. When it comes to the F word, I got a PhD. Okay, I got a PhD in this topic of forgiveness. And here's what makes me an expert. Here's what makes you an expert, experience. Right? We become an expert because we have an experience in a particular topic. And when it comes to this one, my friends, I have given it mostly because I have gotten it. See, scripture says, He, she who has been forgiven much forgives much. She who has been loved much loves much. And so this thing about forgiveness is we cannot give it until we first receive it. And it's almost as if the more we receive it, the easier it is to pour it out onto other people. And so let's just cut to the chase. There were people that did stuff they were not supposed to Okay there were people who didn't do stuff that they were supposed to we my friends are those people who are guilty or could very easily be accused of not showing up in ways that we were supposed to and showing up in ways that we weren't supposed to and so when we hold on to that stuff when we recognize that our messes are what created the transgressions then we stay stuck And we stay held back. Here's the thing on this topic of forgiveness. It says that it is the the cause of 90% of the issues that we have. Unforgiveness is the cause of 90% of our issues. I had the privilege um, before the pandemic of going to see my dad. My dad's going to be 90 in August. And when it comes to the topic of forgiveness, it is based on our family of origin, right, we've learned how to or how not to, we've learned um, some things have been caught, other things have been taught in the topic of forgiveness, and in my family, like we did not learn to forgive and forget, we actually were taught to hate and remember, so we would hate and remember everything that everyone did And that just seemed normal to us. And the crazy thing about our normal is when we find out it ain't normal. It is not normal to withhold forgiveness and stand in a place of judgment. So when I went to visit my dad a few months before the pandemic started, he is in the early stages of dementia. And to watch my father uh, not have the control and the command of a conversation and a topic It was a difficult thing to to witness and, of course, the normal aging process. And being the person that I am, I thought this is a perfect opportunity to touch on all the hot topics that maybe he forgot he didn't want to talk about for the first 90 years of his life. And so I got into some of the things like, you know, Dad, looking back, is there anything that you regret or you wish you would have done different? Now, my father, just to give you the image of him, he's an Old Testament guy all about the rules. He used to say, I don't care if you love me, but you will respect me. And he was the guy who would say like, the last time I thought I was wrong, I was wrong. Okay, so you can picture my dad as the guy who is always right, no matter what. And in an instant, he responded and said, oh yeah, there's a lot of things, which was interesting to me. And I said, well, could you just name the one that comes to mind first? And tears started streaming down my father's face. Now I'll tell you, there's six of us and we could probably count the uh, times on one hand that we've ever seen my father visibly show emotion in terms of tears. And he started to cry and he said, uh, the fact that I cannot forgive my father that was huge. It was such a movement. And because this is not like a a six week class on forgiveness, I can't even tell you the direction that call went in. What I can tell you is the man is going to be 90 years old. And the thing that keeps him stuck and holds him back is his lack of forgiveness for his father, who didn't show up and did show up in the ways we talked about, and his brother. Interestingly enough, he was able to convey that his belief is, if I forgive them, then that will make what they did okay. Interestingly enough, that is not what forgiveness is. It is not what it means, okay? So first, let's define it. Forgiveness is ceasing to feel anger or resentment towards a perceived offense. That's what it means. It means I no longer get angry or have a resentment over something you did or didn't do. It was my perception, you did it. And so when I stop ceasing to feel anger about it, I am moving towards a place of forgiveness. So interestingly enough, forgiveness says, you owe me zero. There's nothing owed. The debt's been paid, right? I think I've said on a previous podcast, if I called you tonight and said, listen, I'm going to pay off all your credit card debt. You don't owe me anything. I'm pretty sure you all would say that is awesome. But when, if I were to ask any of you on the fact that God, that Jesus paid a debt you couldn't pay um, and one that he didn't owe, for some reason, that's a little harder to say, thank you very much. Let me live as if I am forgiven. So Scripture teaches us the public forgiveness that Jesus offered. We have a lost coin, a lost son, a lost sheep. In every one of those instances, Jesus publicly made it public and perfectly clear, I forgive them. Go and, 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 and do your best at not doing what got you here. So my privileged perspective of forgiveness has allowed me the ability to understand God's forgiveness and realize that it is in direct correlation in order for my ability to forgive. So he said things like, go and sin no more, go and live like you're forgiven. Um, This thing about forgiveness is it's an invitation to reconciliation, right? Some of us think it's an invitation to humiliation. It's not. It's an invitation to reconciliation, and here's the thing about forgiveness. It's an invitation without an expiration. So at any point in time, we can absolutely know and believe to be true that we are publicly forgiven for sins in the past, for sins that we committed today, and for the ones that we haven't even yet figured out we're going to commit. Okay. So here's what we know about forgiveness. It sets the prisoner free only to realize the prisoner was me. So it sets the prisoner free only to make clear that the prisoner the whole time, almost every time, was us. It was us believing that we were unworthy of the forgiveness or that it was predicated upon somebody else doing something in order for us to give or receive it. Okay, so setting the prisoner free and realizing the prisoner was me. So when it comes to needing forgiveness, you've, some of you have heard me say this, I broke all the commandments. I broke them all. When I used to confess every one of my sins publicly, my spiritual director said, you, you don't need to confess all your sins. Just tell them you broke every commandment. So I'm here to remind you that I broke every commandment, which is why I feel like I'm an expert. When it comes to this topic, because I really do believe that God has completely forgiven me. I believe it. It's not fair. The thing about the forgiveness of God is it is so not fair, just like his mercy, because it's it's not something we can earn, attain, or deserve. We're not worthy of it. It's just so not fair. And thank God that he is so not fair, or I wouldn't be screaming in your face right now on this podcast. So the sinful woman, the paralytic man, the woman caught in adul- adultery, the, the prodigal son, they were all forgiven, and something about their life made, made obvious that they were not only forgiven, but they were living then like they were forgiven, and we don't do that, okay? If we really lived like we were forgiven people, my friends, we would be doing things different, okay? And we know forgiveness is hard. It's divine. Right? It's not a human thing, it's a divine thing that it's really hard to get like our head around, never mind our heart. Some of us know we are forgiven, except it has not traveled this distance. So we actually have integrated it into our life. So here's my little poem. Sin has I as its center, and mercy begins with me. Forgiveness is what I get to give because he died for me right? For me and for you. So forgiveness is this topic that, like I said, has a family of origin attached to it. We learned how to or how not to forgive. And the good news is we can stop that cycle of defeat and we can better navigate what forgiveness really is, even though we never really learned it in our family of origin. So opinions. Attitudes, experiences, education have all filtered in to our belief of what forgiveness is and what it isn't. So, I want to share with you what it is. Okay, here's what it is fact it is an act of the will, it is a decision, it is not based on a feeling. Forgiveness is ceasing to feel resentment towards a perceived offense. Forgiveness says, You owe me nothing. It's like that thing that gets stamped, paid in full. Zero due. That's what forgiveness is. It's also, it is a remedy for wounds that have been left by intolerable wrongs. See, forgiveness is a remedy for the wounds that we have suffered because of injustices and intolerable wrongs. At the hands of those people who didn't do what they were supposed to or did what they were not supposed to okay forgiveness is a journey it is a process and forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself it is the ability to walk free and realize the prisoner was me The synonyms for forgiveness are so beautiful. I looked them up because maybe some of these will resonate. See, what's synonymous with forgiveness is reprieve. It's pardon. It's mercy and it is absolution. Like absolution means it's absolutely done. It's just done. And we're doing like the yeah, but. Like, I don't know about you, but I can tell you many of my conversations as a mother and a wife would be praising my children, and in unison, they would all go, but, because there was always a but, because it was conditional, and it was expectant, and it was judgmental. It was never just because it was coming out of a place of real wholeness and integration. So, absolution, mercy, pardon, and reprieve. Here's what I love this little acronym. I love to give you acronyms every week for words. So forgiveness, the F, finding ourselves really giving individuals valuable energy. So the acronym that I made up, I'm a little, like be a little poet, like to give you some acronyms, forgiveness, because isn't that it? We are finding ourselves really giving individuals some valuable energy that if we could give to forgiveness, like the actual thing of forget, it would just be such a beautiful end result. So what I love about our faith, our Catholic faith, for those of you who share that faith with me. We have beautiful examples of our penitential right, our profession of faith, and of course, the Our Father, which is shared with across all Christian denominations. It's like, forgive us as we forgive. I mean, don't you just hate saying that part when you're so convicted of, well, not really. Let's skip over that part. Because if we forgave like we were forgiven, our lives that we'd be living would be completely different. I always squeeze Bob's hand really hard on that one. Like when we're holding hands, like when we used to be in church, you know, and get to hold hands, like, ugh, let's forgive people and let's be forgiven the way we were forgiven. And then in our our, uh, profession of faith, it says, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. Okay, my friends, perceiving it and believing it does not mean that you have received it right? It just means you're believing it and believing it is just not enough to be able to live out this authentic Christian command. It is a command and it's authentic to the Christian life to be able to live as if we were forgiven. So I said 90% of all the issues stem from unforgiveness. So it's like serious stuff if it prohibits us from the thing we really want then wh- why don't why don't we address it why don't we allow these wounds to become scars rather than just picking at it like we we pick it just scabs over and we pick at it some more when we have a scar or we, when it doesn't hurt when we are wounded, all of us have been wounded physically in some way, and to look at that wound hurts. To think about it hurts. To touch it hurts. When it becomes a scar, you could slap it. You can look at it, you can talk about it, and have zero impact other than to be reminded of what it once was. But it no longer hurts when it goes from being a wound to a scar. So, I love that. I love that this thing about forgiveness has nothing but benefits, and it's something that we can start doing right now, because it's something we can decide to do, and we don't have to feel like it. I love that we do not have to feel like it or want to, because God will honor any little bit that we bring to him and say, help me to want to forgive that person for not doing what they were supposed to, or for doing What they were not supposed to. If we're forgiving, if we're finding, if we're forgiving, we're finding ourselves really giving individuals much more valuable energy than when we're not forgiving. So if we're, you know, one of the things I want to share with you is some of the myths about forgiveness. So here's a couple. If I forgive, I gotta forget. Not true, right? That's Alzheimer's. We don't have to forget. We just get to forgive. And if we can't forgive and forget, let's just do one. How about we just pick one? Let's either forgive or forget. And if you can do two, all the better. The myth number two is to err is human and to forgive is divine. Whenever there is a deep wound, forgiveness seems impossible. And asking for God's help, as I just mentioned, is one step towards. Being able to do this. I just mentioned this too. I don't feel like it. You don't have to feel like it. If you are a married person or a parent, there's a more times than that where you don't feel like it. It's not about feeling, it's about the fact that we are called to do this and it's a gift that's been given to us. How about this? I can't give it until the other person asks. Lie. The other person doesn't have to ask for it. They don't have to repent. They don't have to give restitution. And guess what? There might be no justice that you see today, and it does not prohibit you from forgiving them. So many situations where we forgive, we're mistaken, like my dad, where we believe that by forgiving, that means we say what they did is okay. No, we never said that. We make it perfectly clear that it was unforgivable. It was an unforgivable, inexcusable wrong that I forgive in order to live. Not because you deserve it, and not because it didn't happen, not because it didn't change the trajectory of my life, not because there's restitution, just because God forgave me, and so I forgive you. Forgiveness means acting like nothing happened. Not true. What we do, my friends, is we enter into a deep denial, either pretending like it didn't happen and we tuck that stuff so far down or we put it way up on a shelf and somehow all of a sudden it falls out, the the box falls down and opens up right in front of us or everything that we do subconsciously comes out of this thing that we push down and pretend didn't happen. We also pretend like it didn't have an impact. We might admit it happened, and then we try to say it's no big deal. Friends, it's a huge deal when people do what they're not supposed to or don't do what they're supposed to do. I said forgiveness is not a one-time event. It's a journey. It's a process. It's something we decide to do over and over again, even when we don't want to. Speaking of forgiveness, this is who's who's lurking in the background. Bob, do you forgive me? That wasn't very convincing. Do you forgive me? For what? He says you didn't do anything. You have no idea, Buster. Okay. <laughs> I won't forgive without a guarantee. My friends, there are no guarantees. Like that is where we get to decide that the Lord of justice, who will be paid every penny, somehow he will make it right. It's so interesting what we're navigating right now with this death of this gentleman whose girlfriend said, I forgive the police officer who did that. My family forgives him. And my boyfriend whose life you took would not want you taking other people's property, possessions, like none of that makes sense to this person. There's no guarantee that this police officer will ever be sorry. And the good news is we don't have to hold them accountable because trust me when I tell you that God will. When we cannot get past the past, we remain stuck. One of my favorite quotes on, um, the topic of forgiveness is that the freshest wounds are most easily healed. We have people in our family that we decided were dead to us because that's what we were taught. If you question some of our family members, they don't even know why they don't talk to the person. They just know what they did was worth not talking about, not talking to them for the rest of their life. See, Forgiveness does not change the past, it expands the future. It doesn't change the past, it makes possible a future that we wouldn't have if we don't forgive. It has nothing to do with worthiness. See, God didn't save us, call us, choose us, or use us because we deserve it. It's just because it is who he is, and his using us, choosing us, calling us, and using us is not contingent upon our worthiness. Like, how amazing is that? If we look back on the past, oftentimes it's not only these people who did what they weren't supposed to or did what they weren't supposed to that we can't forgive. I would tell you nine out of ten people that I work with can't forgive themselves. I'm married to a man who would tell you he remembers the day God forgave him for the transgression that brought our marriage to the ground. He will tell you he remembers vividly my forgiveness early on in the rebuilding of our marriage. But if I said to Bob on a scale of one to 10, to what degree do you forgive yourself? One being not at all, 10 being completely, he would say maybe a two. See, we can't give what we don't get. And if we just believe it and don't receive it, there's still this massive gap between where we are and where God wants to take us. And ultimately, of course, where we want to be. One of the scriptures, I, I know, one of, and actually what my brother used to say, an eye for an eye. That's the same brother who used to say what doesn't come out in the wash comes out in the rinse, like an eye for an eye. Let's be honest, if it was an eye for an eye, my friends, we would all be blind. If that is the way we lived our lives, and I am so blind. Today I was driving for the first time in a while, and I actually took my contacts out while I was driving. Luckily it was a country road and no one was coming. But I am so blind, and I think that was the Lord's way of saying that that's how easily I could become spiritually blind again. Because without keeping our foot on the gas, we know from previous podcasts, there's only one way to coast. And this thing about forgiveness requires that over and over again, we keep asking for it and not because we feel like it. See, forgiveness is ceasing to feel resentment towards a perceived offense. Let's be honest, some offenses are easier to forgive than others, right? In the kingdom of God, he sees them all as sins. We're the ones who decide that your sin was worse than my sin. The truth is, if we are asked, what are we forgiving? We are forgiving those people who have forgotten us, inconvenienced us, insulted us, and disrespected us. Those who have abused us, cheated on us, stole from us, and rejected us. We do it one time. We do it many times. We do it if they said sorry or not. We do it on accident. We do it on purpose. We do it if it was confessed or found out. Because we serve a God who paid a debt he didn't owe. Because we owed a debt that we could not pay. All of those offenses require the same response. They require us to say those three beautiful words, I forgive you. And if we can follow it up with, and you owe me nothing, I forgive you and you owe me zero. I can tell you this single topic would change everything about the way you live your life, believing that you are forgiving. And here, here's the process. I perceive it. I conceive it. I believe it. I receive it. And I don't know that you can skip any part of it. It seems to be the missing part is the receiving it because I want to remind you that we cannot give what we do not have. Forgiveness, the act of ceasing to feel anger or resentment towards a perceived offense. I pray today that you can lean into the possibility of living like you are forgiven. So you can pour out what you didn't deserve, you didn't earn, and you can never attain. So this world could be living like it's forgiven. Thank you for journeying with Judy on the Journey with Judy podcast. Forgiveness, forgive to live. God bless and feel free to reach out on any of the social media platforms. You can find me on my website, judyhair.com. I would love, love, love to hear from you, have a complimentary session, maybe help you get past the past. And until then, please do not forget that it is never too late to be who God has called you to be.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Journey with Judy. To learn more about Judy's coaching ministry, receive a complimentary session, and other services she offers, visit judyhair.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And remember, it's never too late to be who God called you to be. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small-batch artisan coffee using top-tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic-themed coffees, available at www.grimbeancoffee.com forward slash Red Box Media. Experience coffee like never before.